Hey, welcome back to a local church podcast. I'm Pastor Ryan. This is Noah Gartman. Let's get to it. Psalm 11. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, fly like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. Thank you, Noah. Yeah, you're welcome. For Psalm 11. I, did, I didn't write it. It was actually... No. It was David. Yes. It's, this is a psalm... I of, was just reading it. <laughs> this is a psalm of David, <laughs> uh, and it's... I like this one. Yeah. I like them all. I mean, this is the 11th one we've done for 11 episodes. Wow. Together. For, for season two so far. Uh, but, so this is a psalm. It shows David's confidence in something, right? Uh, there's it's verses one through three. Uh, look, it's kind of like a crisis. Something's going on. Something's happening. I think you mean strophe one. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> something is happening uh, in the life of David. Yeah. Uh, we, we're not really sure in the first three verses. But the next four verses, is it four, five, six? Yeah. Uh, the Lord, the Lord, let him reign. And then the Lord, right? Uh, David is going through whatever he's going through, but he's keeping his focus on someone specific. Mm. the lord uh it could be used for anybody today like whether you're listening to this podcast or not i don't know if you if you're not listening to it if you'll ever hear this but if you're if you if you're not listening to this podcast if you're going through something perspective is key mm. i think you know i can if i go through something really upsetting or bad or hurtful or painful i can focus on that or i can turn my gaze to the lord right who doesn't let me go through things uh, haphazardly I'm going through things I'm learning something I'm growing I'm being sanctified to be more like his son Jesus right yeah so, that's what I got out of this psalm I really like this psalm it's a good psalm Psalm 11 yeah um, yeah so um, David says in the first verse how can you say to my soul um, just spitballing here who do you think David is talking to do you think he's talking to like those who are giving him counsel and they're saying, hey, hey, flee like a bird to your mountain. Look at the wicked. They're surrounding you. Uh, they're like telling him to be afraid. And he's reminding himself in that second strophe, verses four through seven, that like, no, nope, God is in control and God is righteous. Yeah, I don't think it's necessary. It has to be someone saying it to him. Yeah. I think it could be an inward reflection like, hey, you know, why? <laughs> yeah. um, but I, it, it could be either or, but I don't think it has to be someone you know, saying something to him. Yeah. I think because he said in different Psalms, I think it was Psalms that we've read earlier. Why are you downcast? He's talking to himself, right? Yeah. He's talking to something that's going on inwardly, uh, but he's remembering outwardly and inwardly to focus on something way bigger. And that's God, yeah. the Lord. Yeah. This is going to be really random. Yeah. Are you ready for it? I am. So I just finished reading uh, the consolation of philosophy yes. by Boethius. <laughs> um, sheesh, sheesh. Which was uh, an interesting read. But the entire uh, book is a dialogue between this man who's just been unjustly imprisoned, right? Yeah. Uh, his name is Boethius. He's having a conversation with this woman uh, whose name is Philosophy, right? Yeah. And the entire book is kind of this conversation between how we feel uh, and you know what we're feeling versus what we know to be true. Ooh, that's and poignant so, for today, even it, for today. Yeah, in the midst of uh, Boethius being upset, like, oh, I'm in prison, um, like life stinks, yeah. uh, life is unfair, all of this stuff. Um, he's reminding himself through his writing, like, you know what's true. You know that God is sovereign. God is in control. 
um, don't freak out. Yeah, I think, and this it, it applies. I mean, it was not random. I mean, I think it applies the same thing yeah. to what David's doing. He's like, hey, I could go one way, or I could stay focused on who is the Lord, right? Who's yeah. in charge of all. Yeah, so at the end of the psalm, David kind of concludes the whole thing, right? He reminds himself, the Lord is righteous, he loves righteous deeds, and the upright shall behold his face. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I know that's kind of the end, and we're wrapping this this part up, but think about like what David's doing. He's writing this, yeah. right? But he's also had to say it to himself before, mm-hmm. before he wrote this down. Is he saying it out loud? Like, is he is he the guy at the park bench? He's like, the Lord is righteous. The Lord is in control. The Lord is good. The Lord is, you know. Yeah. Or is it like just inward? He has to remember these things. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind. Of, it kind of reminds me of that whole like, God is good. God is great. No. no. <laughs> all the time. All the time. All, all the time. time God, God is, is good. good. Yeah. It reminds me of that. It does. Like, it's just a short reminder. Like, should we do that here the at Lord Mount Moriah Baptist Church? Should I do that from the pulpit? Like, God is good, and he's get that. Should we, that be a part of? Who I think we we've are? done it before. Have we? Like, no. I I used to say at the beginning of the sermons, God is good, God is faithful, and then I add the whatever the theme of that sermon is. Yeah. Today we there's a lot to talk about. I've got a lot to talk about. Do you got some things to talk about? Uh, a few. Uh, so we're as we've been walking through uh the nine marks book today is a pretty interesting chapter. It is Mark number six or chapter six, and it is biblical church leadership. Now, I want to read a couple things from this to kind of get us talking about this topic. I'm not going to talk about the whole chapter. Uh, this is, of course, Mark Dever. Uh, you can go on Nine Marks, Crossway. I believe like most Christian bookstores will have this. Yeah. Uh, this is the fourth edition, but I want to read a couple, uh, almost a paragraph, uh, for this book or this chapter on biblical church leadership. Here's what we're Ooh. not going to get into. We're not going to get into what the right way and what the wrong way is. We might talk about what we do here at our church, but... Just let's look at the chapter, yeah, uh, or at least a section of it. And he says this. There is a, pers- a pervasive, sorry, I was going to say persuasive. There is a pervasive and inherent suspicion of authority in our society. Would you agree with that, Noah? Yeah. Like, are people just, uh, I guess, naturally suspicious of someone who's in charge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, ooh, man, think about politics today. Like, yeah, that's what I was It doesn't saying. matter who is in the office. Everybody's got something to say about that person or even suspicious. Yeah. Got to yeah. cancel them, right? Ooh, cancel culture. We could talk about that today, too. We'll see. All right. So <laughs> perhaps it has to do with the fact that our natural or our national government was established in revolt against the claims and demands of the parliament in London, right? Uh, perhaps it has to do with the fact for many Americans, the government that now works to ensure their equal opportunity was the same government that in the past worked to make sure they had none. Mm. Perhaps it has to do with a vision of human nobility, the American optimism that believes people are so good that if left to ourselves, we, the people, will be the best we can possibly be. Mm. Or perhaps... The explanation for our anti-authoritarianism is simpler. Perhaps it has to do with selfishness. Christianity has always recognized the need for authority in society, in the home, and also in the church. And the last one is our topic for this chapter, biblical church leadership. So what do you think about this idea of just natural suspicion of authority? Let's just say authority in general. Yeah. Not just church context. We're going to get there, but what? just in general. I don't know. I, I, I see this kind of movement in our culture right now of like the Oof. sheep versus the wolf sort of thing. Mm. Like, are you seriously just going to stand there and not question authority? Or are yeah. you going to, you know, push back a little bit? And a lot of this has kind of uh, elevated with COVID-19 and all of this sort of stuff that's happening in our nation. Yeah. But you can kind of see this a lot more... Clearly, I guess now than you could probably several years ago. Although it's kind of been natural, especially for Americans to be like, wait a second. Yeah, I mean, we're founded on <laughs> revolting against a leadership that we didn't agree with. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. I can see I can so I can see the sheep thing, right? I mean, you, you there's a whole there's a million different <laughs> angles you can talk about this topic. One is uh, don't be a sheep, like be a sheep dog, right? We see kind of all kinds of Second Amendment things like that uh, going on in our society. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, don't 
It's not about the authority over us. We can be our own rulers, that kind of thing. <laughs> but now, I mean, you even brought up the context and now it's like, you know, how dare you lead me? I can, you know, I might like, oh man, this, this goes even deeper yeah. to like our constitution was founded on, you know, slaveholders and everything else. Yeah. And none of it's right. None of it's good. All of it. And we're all suspicious of everything. Yeah. That's, I don't think that's a good way to live either though. No. And <laughs> the thing I find interesting, because right now you and I are speaking specifically about um, American citizens, American yeah. government, the founding of America, all that sort of stuff. But the Bible uses the same analogy with, you know, shepherds and sheep and, and wolves. Kings. <laughs> yeah. The thing about the Old Testament and, and the people of God said, we don't want you to be king anymore. We yeah. can figure this out on our own and we want our own king. Uh, oh, gosh, this is a deep topic. Yeah. In biblical Ooh, that's really good. church leadership. Oh, you got something else to add to that? Before we go yeah, more? going back to kings. The reason why Israel had a king is because they were not satisfied with, you know, God, perfect, Yahweh. Perfect, uh, I was going to say perfected, but perfect leadership. Yeah, right? they, they were still suspicious of God. Yeah, wasn't good enough for them. So they yeah. wanted a, a human king like everyone else. But then things got. Well, think of, I mean, go even further. Tower of Babel. Go even further than that. The Garden. <laughs> Did God really say, "Is you could be like God"? Hello, yeah. and then they're like, "Yep, yeah, I want this wow. fruit." Um, so there is a natural suspicion uh, to any authoritarian figure, but it goes back to the fall. Our our iniquity that we were born into. Sorry, that's a that's a belief system, but uh, I mean yeah. the the sin that we're born into brings about suspicion of not only God as the authority, but even today, I mean, look at how people treat the Bible today. I mean, there are all kinds of circles that say the Bible has zero authority, right? Yeah. And we can kind of manipulate and change it as we go. Yeah, I heard Al Mohler say just the other day, he was talking about how uh, like progressive Christianity used to, like, yeah, the Bible is authoritative, but Paul isn't really saying what you think he's saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, but Al Mohler made the point of nowadays the conversation isn't the Bible is authoritative, but progressive Christianity is like the Bible is not authoritative. Yeah, so it's just a we, book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, this kind of reminds me, and I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm not gonna lie, I'm trying to Google who coined this phrase. Um, have you ever heard the term "fallen condition focus"? I have not. Enlighten us. Yeah, today. so it's from uh, Brian Chapel. Have yeah. you ever heard of him? Yeah, he's a yeah. good good pastor. Uh, Presbyterian minister. Um, he coined this phrase initially, but fallen condition focus is kind of a hermeneutics term. So when you okay. read the Bible, one thing you should always look for, no matter where you're reading, is what is true of all of mankind because of sin. Right? That's a yeah. question that we should yeah. ask ourselves. And kind of what we've been talking about is throughout the biblical narrative from Genesis on one of those, you know, fallen conditions that we see is a uh, pushback against authority. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of something that is in all of mankind and all different cultures in different ways. Um, and it's a, it's rooted in sin. Yeah. This goes back to, so you mentioned chapel, uh, one of the books that he has is Christ-centered preaching. Yes, um, and it's he talks a lot about this. Um, and this Sunday's sermon, right, uh, is Romans chapter six. Oh God, which kind of yeah. plays into kind of what we're talking about. My the the question I'm going to ask the overarching question is who's your master, mm -hmm. right? Who is your master? And I'm going to say, I mean, I kind of wrote this on my notes app. At the end of the day, if we're honest, we want to be the captain of our ship, the master of our destiny. We don't want if we're honest in our sinful way, we don't want anybody authoritative, you know, have any kind of authority of control over us. We want to be our own, you know, master, our own leader. Yeah. And something else we see in scripture though, is that there's no such thing as a perfect leader as far as like sinful humanity goes. Yeah. There God is the only perfect leader. Yeah. I mean, look at the characters, uh, traits in the old Testament, even yeah. in the new Testament. None of them are good, but they all point to someone who is better. Yeah, and look at David. Yeah. David was like the best leader that Israel had other than, you know, Yahweh, um, the best human leader, and he even fell short, 
right? He even made mistakes. Yeah. He did terrible things. Yeah. Um, so I we're we are not saying as a local church podcast that all persons in leadership are perfect and you should fully submit to them. Yeah. Um, we're just kind of talking through how sin impacts leadership. Yeah. Let's get into it though. Yeah. As new pastors come along, as new youth pastors come along, as volunteers who take leadership position in our churches, do there's a honeymoon period, right? Yeah. Everybody goes through a honeymoon period. Yeah. But then shortly after when that leader starts to lead, um, whether good or bad, let's not get into <laughs> how they lead yet, but when they start to lead, people start to have issues with, wait a minute, mm. who made you in charge, right? Uh where do we go with it? So at a local church setting, that's kind of what we are. Uh, what do we do with that? When a new in leader comes in and we begin to, how, how would a member, a church member, uh, begin to look at authority in the church setting? Yeah. Or how should we look at it? Number one, just be gracious. You know, uh, as with all forms of leadership, God has put that person in that position for a reason. Um, that being said, no leader is going to be perfect, right? I hate to tell you, local church member, your pastor sins. <laughs> your pastor makes mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Your youth pastor sins. Your youth pastor makes mistakes. They're going to mess up. They're going to do things the wrong way. Um, they are going to sin. Be yeah. gracious with them, right? Um, we are all sinners saved by grace. Yeah, so the first thing, be gracious. Yeah. Uh, Romans 13, 1. I got to bring it up. Yeah, you do. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. <laughs> for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Mm. Can we get a sheesh choir for that one? I mean, that's, I think that's... Sheesh. Oh, my God. It's got a... <laughs> Is this going to be a new thing? No, it could be. Here's the thing. We need to do a segment called Sheesh of the Week. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. Hey, so as pastor (laughs) of a local church, do I take authority lightly? Well, no, I don't. God is the one who is in control. God is the one who has called me uh, to be a pastor. The local church here has voted me in to be through prayer uh, and through interviews and things like that. Um, But at the end of the day, I am a member of the church, of the local body um, that God has drawn out uh, to lead and to preach and yeah. to teach and that kind of thing. And you're going to be held accountable for Yeah, leading. Hebrews. Uh, I'm, I'm held accountable for those that I shepherd. Um, mm-hmm. But the authority that I have only comes from God, but Scripture itself. Uh, when I preach and teach, I'm hopefully, unless someone tells me otherwise, preaching and teaching what the Word says and how we can apply it here at the local church. Mm-hmm. But there's always going to be that person or the individuals that say, who put you in charge, right? Who, what makes you the leader? What makes you know, that kind of thing? Um, and so let's talk to the minister and the pastor now. We talked to the, the individual. What do we say to the pastor and the youth pastor who's might be in a church and they're, every time they make a decision or every time they begin to lead, they get pushback? Mm. How would we, how would you, what kind of advice would you give, um, you know, off the top of your head? Not necessarily advice, but just encouragement, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, God has put you in that leadership position for a reason, right, for a specific purpose. Um, Keep pointing people to Jesus. Yeah. Right, that's the main thing. Um, And be gracious with your members, you know. Yeah. Uh, Be gracious with those who you are leading because just like you, they're not perfect. Yeah, yeah. So none of us, no, nobody's perfect. No, not one. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> all of sin, all of fall short of God. That means even the leaders. Uh, but what about our the next the next step? So we got um, authority. We're suspicious, right? Just being from the United States. Yeah. Local church context. There are leaders in our church. What type of leaders does the Bible tell us are <laughs> in the local church? <laughs> Now, there's a lot of different passages that we can look at. Yeah. Um, Timothy, Titus, right? Ephesians, Romans. Acts. Uh, Acts. Well, give me some some titles or positions in the local church that we see in the New Testament. 
Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say one um, because it's just something I've been reading about. So I've, uh, for, you know, a school project, I've been reading through Acts chapters 6 and 7, which tell us about Stephen, right? Uh, Stephen, along with six other men who are filled with the Spirit, right, uh, are called by church leaders to uh, serve the church. Specifically, um, it's talking about how some of the widows in the church who have joined the church are being like neglected. They're being forgotten. So these seven godly men are called to serve the church and to make sure that all the different people of the church are uh, being ministered to. Right. Yeah. Um, the Bible gives a title for these special people. It is Deacon. Nice. Yeah. So Stephen was among uh, one of the first deacons. Um, and he served the church faithfully until they killed him. Wah, wah. I don't have a I don't have a sudden noise for that. Yeah. That's a that's a bad noise. Yeah. No, but I mean it's not all of you know, the story doesn't end there. Yeah. The church spreads into Judea and Samaria uh because of Stephen's martyrdom, because of his death, um, and the, the church grows and the gospel continues to be proclaimed. Yeah, so um, we have deacons. Deacons, yeah. yeah. Uh, do we want to get into what deacons do? Um, I guess, to put it simply, they serve the church. Okay, yeah. They are servants of the church. I like it. Absolutely. Um, what, so we got we have deacons. I'll go to the next one, yeah. um, since you're afraid. But, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, the next one is we that we see is elders. Elders. Right, so we see this... Um, in the New Testament, uh, we see Paul talking constantly. You know, here's you know, put elders in place. He talks to Timothy as an elder, mm-hmm. um, and he says in First Timothy five, verse seventeen, "Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching." For the Scripture says, "You shall not muzzle an ox when it tre- treads out the grain." <laughs> Great verse. The laborer deserves his wages. Yeah. Um, and so there's there's a specific emphasis on hey leader uh, leaders elders preach and teach, right? So that's the difference difference between deacons and elders. Yeah. Uh, we would say pastors, elders, overseers. That's kind of the same words that's used in the New Testament. Are there any other offices? In course, the, the New Testament uh, youth for the church. pastor <laughs> is the youth. Interim youth so pastor. let's get into it. Uh, people say, I'm called to youth ministry. Yeah. Or I'm called to music ministry. Or I'm called to senior adult ministry. Or I'm called to be a pastor. Here's something that I see in scripture God equips those whom he calls. Yeah. Does God specifically call anyone in the New Testament to be a youth pastor? Mm, that's good. It's not a rhetorical question. No. <laughs> do We're you, just going to let you marinate in that do, question. Do you see God call in the New Testament a music pastor? Mm. No, but what you do see in the New Testament is that God gives specific gifts to members of the local church so that they can serve the local church, right? Yeah. Um, so he gives some people abilities, um, you know, to, to lead worship, right, that not everyone in the local church can do. Pastor Ryan, have you noticed some people can lead worship, some people can't, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some people who sing their heart out, but they can't carry a tune. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so God gives gifts to um, different people um, for the sake of building up the church. We kind of see this analogy of, the church is like a body, right? There's head, there's shoulders, there's knees, and there's toes. Yeah. Um, and they all serve a specific, unique, special function and purpose in the church. But that doesn't mean that one, you know, part of the body is greater than the other. Yeah. So remember we said in a couple of podcasts ago, you you answer questions like a politician. That was a polit- political answer or answer to the question. Noah, Here we go. Vote Noah Gartland. <laughs> Twenty twenty four. Does God call specifically a music pastor? Now I'm going to read the passage Ooh, you're referencing. Yeah. Uh, Ephesians chapter four. Uh, let's start in verse eleven. And He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints of the work of minute or for the work of ministry, 
for building up the body of Christ. So he does call different folks to different things. Yeah. Well, what I don't see here is <laughs> he gave some to be music pastors, some to be student pastors. Here's here's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Here's just from Pastor Ryan's perspective. Does God give gifts and talent to different folks? Yes. Absolutely. We see that. That's Absolutely. that's an evidence that we see all throughout life. Um even we I mean, even gifts that aren't necessarily that we see used in the church, right? Yeah. Um, but there are talents and gifts that God gives to the individuals. Now, whether or not that individual uses those to glorify God is a different story. That's the church's job to equip and to build up the body. I believe God calls and equips those whom he calls mm-hmm. to be ministers in the local church setting to build up the body. Yeah. So I, before I became a senior pastor, was what? In my previous roles. Youth pastor. I was a student pastor, right? And way back when, weren't you like worship dude? I was a worship dude when Man. I first started out. I was also senior adult. Did uh, you wear like skinny jeans and little... No, I'm Generation X, right? <laughs> we, we, we don't wear skinny no, jeans. No, you wore like baggy flannels. I wore baggy pants probably and then a flannel button-up shirt kind of thing. Took but, your, yeah. you know, all black guitar That was there. like when... So when I first started doing worship, it was early 2000. That was like passion really started off... Mm. Uh, really kind of kicked out. It was, it was big passion kind of stuff. You were like a grunge guy, weren't you? You got uh, up there and you uh, went, today is going to be the day <laughs> that's when you're going to give your life to Christ. Yeah, that's not, that's not that's grunge. That's not grunge. What is that? Uh, so here, the, the, <laughs> the, the, issue, <laughs> the issue that we're going to is God calls those to lead the church, right? Whether it's an elder, whether it's a deacon, whether it's a minister or a, a, an individual member who is ministering in the gifts and talents that God has given them, to build up the body, right? That's yeah. that's what it's for, uh, and so I'm not wasn't trying to paint you in a corner, um, but I don't I don't see God call you specifically to different things. I ca- see Him gifting people in different ways, but the ministry is still the same. <laughs> Share the gospel, build up the body, Ooh, right? Yeah, Those I like are, that answer. Yeah, uh, I, I thought we were going to get into the question of is youth ministry is children's ministry like biblical yeah we get into the whole that's an entirely <laughs> vody bacham that's you know, a different conversation for uh, a different vody bacham started his ministry on that all right yeah. he sees family ministry as the 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 context of the church not splitting up into children's ministry youth ministry senior adult ministry so that that's He's, called family yeah. integrated ministry yeah, i mean think about our church sunday morning where we segregate between children students adults senior adults uh for Sunday school yeah. or life groups. Yeah, we yeah. say life groups here, but Sunday school. <laughs> uh, and then we all kind of regather, except sometimes children stay separate. Um, Vody Bakum, I guess, would be a big proponent of family needs to worship together. I, I would probably be in that same boat. Um, now, I at, it, it's, it's, it's different. Yeah. In my home, we do devotionals together. We sometimes have singing where we sing together at night, um, things like that. We read scripture, things like that. In the local church context, I think it has to do with your local church context. Like, does it work to be all together, right? Some some churches don't have that availability to be all together yeah. like that all the time. Um, yeah, and that that's a conversation that gets into like ministry philosophy. Yeah, uh, there's there's I mean, there's yeah. definitely a lot to be said about how we how we go about it. Um, back to authority. Yeah, is there biblical? grounding or biblical foundation for a leadership in the church. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. We see that in Paul's letter to Timothy. We see that in Titus. We see that in Ephesians. We see that in Romans. You even see it in the Old Testament. Uh, Moses's father-in-law, yes. Jethro, I love that passage. Uh, came to him and said, what are you doing? <laughs> get some leaders, get some men in the, in the, in this, in this group to help you. Right. Yeah. Um, there, there, there is a, context for leadership in the church do we need to be afraid of it mm. I would say this if you're a pastor if you're a student pastor if you're whatever in your church is just going rogue and just saying we're doing this because it's my way or the highway um, I, th- I think you can kind of say hey let's let's take a step back yeah if it's a biblical uh, teaching biblical preaching, and trying to lead through what Scripture says that we should have our church to look like what the Bible says, uh, I think I think you are gracious, yeah, and you submit to the authority that God has placed yeah. over the church. Boiled down, yeah, right, reduced. Um, 
what we're saying is biblical church leadership or church leadership is only biblical if church leaders are submitting to the authority of God and his word. Right? Yeah. I like it. That's it. Transition. Transition. Are you ready? It's it's a oh, beautiful gosh. day. We yesterday. Today's kind of rainy. Birds are singing. The robins the, are out. The bees are pollinating you, the flowers. Did you know there's only two states uh, that do not observe daylight savings time? What states? Is it like well, Alaska they, and Hawaii? They've, they've opted out. Arizona Air, oh, and Hawaii. I knew Hawaii. I knew it was going to be Hawaii. So nobody likes to spring ahead and jump back and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, we like the fall because we gain an hour, right? But the spring, we lose an hour, but the days are longer. Did you know that our government is trying to pass a bill to end daylight savings time? Yes, I did read about that this week. So local church context, what does that mean for the local church? Is it biblical? <laughs> I mean, people, people could ask that question. How dare the... The authority of our government try you know to change what? something. God yeah. is outside of time. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> um, so What's wrong with you people? Hit that button. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good... Uh, What's wrong with you people? <laughs> that's a good... It's a good topic, right? Uh, so the discussion is going to be, hopefully, uh, for a lot of the local churches, is what about our evening service? If you still do an evening service on Wednesday and Sunday, do we push that back? If If we keep daylight savings time, would our services in the evening be earlier? Yeah. Because technically, if we start at 6, it's technically 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> so would we move our, our services back? And does it help? I think it helps families if you move earlier. Yeah. Because especially on Wednesday night, even Sunday night, they got to get ready for school. They got to get ready for work the next day. Yeah. Right? And here, here's something that we see in our specific church ministry context is a lot of older folks kind of stop showing up on e at evening services um once it you know starts getting dark outside yeah once we when fall get, back yeah, yeah once we fall back uh a lot of people look outside they see it's dark and they're like uh yeah i'm out <laughs> it's like bedtime right now yeah, yeah yeah um so i think that uh you know daylight savings time kind of helps out in a lot of ways yeah um, i think it'd be good yeah and plus our church is filled with windows so <laughs> I, I just love the sanctuary being flooded with light. Is that weird? It's not. Sunday su during our Sunday evening service, I pulled out my ESV study Bible. You know, black leather. It's a beaut. Laid it on my lap. It has like the the edges of the page that are kind of like golden and shiny. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I laid it on Did my it glisten? lap. <laughs> the light coming through the stained glass window was like on my Bible, and I was like. This is glorious. <laughs> I love daylight savings time. Uh, I do like it because it's long. It's daylight longer, right? Uh, yeah. It seems like, I don't know, and it could just be spring, but it's just, I can sit out on the back porch. I recently cleaned off my back patio with Good a for you. pressure washer. I pulled everything out, sprayed everything down, got it all cleaned up, ready to use. Um, and wouldn't you know it, the only puddle left from my cleaning, our little dog, Oscar, got in it and he walked his muddy paws all the way up oh, the porch Oscar. that I just pressure washed and uh, he ruined it. But our government <laughs> right, <laughs> is trying to go to uh, this daylight saving time, permanent daylight saving time. You now, let from, me ask you this. You went from Oscar to Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you, a, are you a, a history fan? A fan of history at all? I used to be more what, so. What about the Mayans? Oh, no. I don't. Didn't the Mayans come up with the clock? The Egyptians, but the Mayans also had their own little doomsday clock and they just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth does daylight saving time if you don't observe it does it eventually affect our calendar mm. i mean does it i mean think about we only we only do it because it's an agriculture thing right when we fall back in spring it's it's it's, it's, yeah. for, it's for agriculture yeah uh, but does it does it affect our time our calendar down the road if we don't observe it ask hawaii and arizona i don't know dude we know. are not a scientific podcast. We are a local church podcast. And so let's get into uh, another thing that our government uh, is doing currently. It's uh, looking at the nomination of a Supreme Court justice, Ketanji Brown Jackson. Oh, what a name. Yeah, like they that. are now doing, I guess, the deliberations or they're doing the screening, I guess. I don't know the other word to look at, but there are... are uh, government is asking her a lot of questions. I think each person, each representative gets like 30 minutes to ask her questions. Like wow. It's like all day thing. They started yet, or Monday and, and go into Tuesday. I don't know if they go today or not. 
But I want to read a, an article that I found. This is uh, from religiousnews.com. Yeah. Uh, and it says that the the nominee, Katanji Brown-Jackson, uh, when she spoke at the first day of her Senate Judiciary Committee confirmation hearing, as a nominee for Supreme Court Justice, Judge Brown uh, stated her belief in God and her gratitude for divine blessings. This is her quote. I must also pause to reaffirm my thanks to God, for it is faith that sustains me at this moment. Hmm. And she says, even prior to today, I can honestly say that my life has been blessed beyond measure. Wow. Now, this is the nominee for Supreme Court. Uh, a lot of liberal groups, even conservative groups, are supporting this nominee. But I want to get into the topic of faith. Now, this isn't a political podcast, right? So there's not a whole lot that we can talk about uh, from a knowledge standpoint on Supreme Court justices and things like that. But from the standpoint of faith, is her statement, and I'll read it again, I must reaffirm my thanks to God for faith, or for his faith that it stains, uh, sustains me. Does it matter in a local church context who a Supreme Court justice is and or what they believe? Um, I would say it does matter. Okay. Yeah. How? Yeah, so you just read a passage about being uh, Romans, in submission yeah, to... Yeah, Romans 13. Yeah, Romans 13, being submitting to government authorities. Um, the Supreme Court is responsible for making some really big um, decisions in our country, right? Think of, like, uh, all the stuff that's happened in past, but also, like, even today with Roe v. Wade, Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of decisions are being made, and the Supreme Court is involved. Um, so it does matter, right? Um Obviously, as Christians, we we want like-minded believers, brothers and sisters in office, yeah, um, who represent the church, uh, well, and are under the submission of like submitting to God and His Word in yeah. all things. Someone with a biblical worldview. This came right? up. This came. This say. This very. This very thing. Thing came up with our previous president, Donald Trump. Donald J. Trump. Is it J. Trump? Yeah. Uh, and so the question, so a lot of folks who I would say are Christian for all intents intense purposes um, were jumping on the bandwagon of Donald Trump. Are you talking about white Christian nationalism? No, I'm no, I'm, I'm not kidding. talking about that. But <laughs> you're not but getting the, into but, that. But there are a lot of folks that jumped on that and said, it doesn't matter what a president believes as long as they are good to the country or good for the country. Yeah. But we saw towards the end of his presidency some issues that Christians had to wrestle with. Uh, we even have folks today who are Catholic who have issues with our current president yeah, um, and his stance on abortion. Now, we're not going to get into all of this because this is not a political podcast, but does it matter? And you kind of already answered that. I think it does matter that whoever we put into office, whoever we vote into office, should have some type of faith or belief in God that moves them or guides them as they make decisions. The Supreme Court nominee for uh, Supreme Court justice, though, says the Constitution is what guides me and not my faith. So what do we do with that? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) It is a, it's it's a poignant question, especially for the local church. So here's what kind of Noah kind of got at a little bit. It does matter what happens in our government. It does matter what happens in society, the public square, that kind of thing. Um, and so what can we do at a local church level uh, for a Supreme Court nominee or, you know, a representative of our state, you know, whatever? Pray for them. Yeah, the first thing is prayer. It's got to be prayer. I feel like that's my answer to everything. <laughs> You're like, so what can we do about this certain situation? I'm like, pray for Ukraine, pray for Russia, pray no, that's, for Putin, yeah, no, pray that's, for leaders. Yeah. I think that's what we can do, especially at, at, at our level, because we think, I little old me can't do anything that affects anything, right? But we vote. Uh, we we do get our voice out, things like that. So pray for Katanji Brown Jackson. Can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you read Katanji Brown Jackson's quote about faith? Just that sentence that she uses about faith. Yeah. Uh, well, there's two sentences. The first sentence says, "I must also pause to reaffirm my thanks to God." Yeah. For it is faith that sustains me at this moment. Yeah. 
And she says, even prior to today, I can honestly say that my life has been blessed beyond measure. When she says it's faith that sustains her even to this day, do you think she's referring to the George Michael song, Faith? Like, <laughs> man, that song's really brought me through could, some hills it, and valleys. It, it could be a broad you <laughs> know, understanding of faith yeah. in general. Because she just says, I want to reaffirm my thanks. She didn't reaffirm her faith in God. It just reaffirmed my thanks to God. Yeah. Now, the other question you have to get into is, well, who is her God? What does mm. she say about God? What does she believe about God? Really, uh, that this kind of is thing. an issue of worldview. Yeah. Right? Um, everyone has a worldview. No one, um, whatever you believe to be true about human beings, no one is like a blank slate. No one is unbiased. No one, like, everyone uh, operates in this world with presuppositions, with a worldview, right? Yep. Um, they see the world through the lens of what they believe to be true. Um, and that is true, especially of our leaders and in their decision-making, right? Yep. They make decisions based on what they believe to be true about God, about life, about uh, America, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. They're operating off of presuppositions, which is why it's important um, to have uh, leaders to have people in office who are operating from a Christian worldview, who believe in the sanctity of human life, right? Uh, who believe in religious freedom, yeah, stuff like that. No, yeah, no, it's it's vitally important. Um, and so it is important for the local church. Like, check out your news, read your newspaper, things like that. We're not a political podcast. We're not, but we do talk about things that affect us. And and this is a big one. I think it's a big one. We're not political. <laughs> well, um, you, yeah, we all have a worldview. We all have political ideals uh, right and so that that even comes into the local church yeah think about our members members in general if you were to ask or take a poll in your local church who is a republican who's a democrat who likes this president who likes this representative yeah. uh, who stands for this who stands for that you're going to have probably polarizing opposites Diversity. yeah um to be completely transparent yeah at a local church podcast both pastor ryan and i are both members of the birthday party, um, and we both voted for Kanye back in 2020. Isn't that right, Pastor Ryan? <laughs> it, is, it is not right. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, he, you know, he was a member of the birth. He was running with the birthday party. Was the name of his political. I party. do not remember that. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. He called it the birthday party. Yikes! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Uh, so. Uh, speaking of, of Wednesdays, local church, all that kind of stuff. Um, what is tonight, Noah? Tonight is our midweek meal and meeting. Yeah. If you want to find out more, if you're in the Spencer County, Anderson County, Shelby County area, mmbcky.org is, is our website. Absolutely. Um, but tonight it's the best special night. Uh, it's pizza night. It's pizza night. It's can our put, kickoff for team. Put Kid. The, the echo effect on my voice. Real <laughs> all quick. right, here we go. Pizza night. Yeah, it's pizza <laughs> night. It's Team Kid kickoff, um, where our children's ministry start going into Team Kid curriculum and things like that. The youth are are finishing up the Book of Mark. Oh man, we are in Mark chapter fifteen, uh, which is Good Friday, right? It's yeah. the crucifixion. We have to wait for next week, Mark chapter sixteen, uh, for the resurrection. But we know it's coming. Um, yeah, it's a it's a huge night. A doozy. Uh, and it's gonna, a doozy. It's a doozy. We're going to be reading about a lot of heavy stuff. Uh, Jesus being accused, being rejected, being beaten, um, crucified, all of this sort of stuff. So we're going to be handling that tonight, um, recognizing that it is some weighty stuff that we're talking about. Uh, but praise be to God that Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, uh, lived a perfect life and died in our place, right? Yeah. He who knew no sin became sin, um, took our punishment, took on the wrath of God so that in him we might obtain um, that imputed righteousness yeah, like and be it. forgiven. I oh, like it. So excited. Uh, tonight for the adults, we're finishing up where we're in week five. Next week will be the, the, the conclusion. No way. You're finishing a series next week? We are finishing a series next week on how to study the Bible. Good stuff. Tonight we're looking at application portion of studying the Bible. Yeah. Uh, there's some big things I want to kind of bring up, though, here at our local church that we don't really discuss. We have a leadership meeting every once in a while. Yeah. Each month. Uh, something big is happening in June. June the 5th through the 8th. That's Sunday night through Wednesday night. We're having a Big Tent Revival. 
Oh, yeah. The it's, Gathering. It's called The Gathering or whatever you want to call it. We don't really have a title other than Gathering. Uh, but Big Tent, food trucks, music, speaker, special speaker uh, coming. Really excited about this opportunity for us to gather, but also to pull in people around from around yeah. our community uh, in that. Absolutely. Also, Easter's coming up. Amen. Easter is is a big moment. Uh, we we're getting we're getting across. So the whole I we when we put it out there, hey, can we get across? Can somebody build us a cross? Uh, Mr. Eddie, who built my bookshelf, is also working on a cross uh, nice. for us. We're gonna put a cross out front that families can come and put you know a little fake flower in there or real flowers, whatever they want. So by Easter Sunday, they can come out and take a picture in front of this cross I that's full of flowers. It's gonna be cool uh, for their Easter picture. It'll be really fun. Yeah. Um, July car show. Fourth of July car show. Yeah, the Fourth of July car show. We started last year, the first annual. This will be the second annual. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Yeah, there, uh, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, even in the summer times, we're thinking about doing some family kickball. Yeah. Uh, the, for the community. Uh, speaking of which. Yeah. A lot of families when they get together, each almost each member of the family now has has a cell phone, mm. has some kind of smartphone, and they're always on their favorite app, right? Yeah. Um, what they're on the TikToks almost <laughs> all the time. These children, uh, I don't know that everybody's on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok either. <laughs> um, but what are some good apps that Ooh. you can think of uh, for, for the people listening, or for local church, or yeah. just in general? Um, what are some good apps that you you use? That's a great question. Um, oh gosh, I have a few. Um, first one I'm gonna mention. I've had it for a very long time. And I've always loved it. Not- Notability. Oh, yeah. Have you ever used it? I, I had it when it first came out, then I was like, nah, I don't want it. Oh, uh, really? It didn't really fit me. I didn't really. I mean, I haven't used it in a while, but it's a great app for taking notes, especially like at church. Yeah. Um, to the sermon. Uh, Life on Mission, that's from the North American Mission Board. Nice. Um, it, if you get on it, um, the first thing that pops up is it walks you through the three circles method of evangelism. So it's literally like an app that you can use to share the gospel with others. So if someone starts talking to you um, and you find yourself with the opportunity to share the gospel, that's an awesome resource, right? You're like, I'm not, how do I, what, what do I say? What do I do? <laughs> Pull out this app, Life on Mission, and walk through the gospel with them. Really cool. Um, I'm going to mention one more. Okay. One more from me. So notability, life on mission. Um, the last one is um, something that I just recently found out about. I'm a little late to the party, um, but new city catechism, right? It's kind of a new uh, catechism that kind of summarizes a lot of the older church catechisms. Um, I think it's from Tim Keller uh, okay. and a team that he put together. Uh, that's just something to check out. Um, I'm not saying like it is my favorite and I use it every day. (laughs) I'm just saying it's a really cool, uh, catechism put into modern language with a lot of scripture references. It's just something to walk through and something to reflect on. So yeah, that's it. Notability, life on mission and the new city catechism app. Nice. Nice. I would say, you know, first, whatever translation you use, uh, scripture wise, there's an app for that, yeah. right? There, I mean, I know we've mentioned kind of the the, the U version app, uh, the Bible app that can have you know pull up all kinds of versions. I would say find a version that you really that you read on a regular basis and find that app, particularly just that app, because usually they'll have more things to do. Uh, the ESV uh, Bible is on; it's got its own app. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of study stuff, a lot of a lot of articles, resources, things like that uh, that I really like. I like Truth for Life, Alistair Begg's uh, app. Uh, it's got sermons. It's got devotionals. It's got uh, Charles Spurgeon devotionals. Um, it's got videos, all kinds of things. I recently found one. I sent you this one the other day, uh, and it's called the Reformed Companion. Uh, it has catechisms. It has creeds. It has confessions. It has different doctrines, uh, different theologies, the five solas. Um, so just to go a little bit deeper in your understanding of theology and the different doctrines of the faith, uh, those are two uh apps that i really enjoy i also like the billy graham app Ooh, yeah billy graham it's got his 
some old video sermons, uh, devotionals, how to help with Samaritan's Purse, things like that, um, different news articles uh, pertaining to the faith. Those are some good apps that I use. If you got some cool apps that you're listening to, shoot us a message. Shoot us an email. We'll talk about the app. Uh, we'll look at it, download it. We love apps. Apps are apps. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they are good. Um, but uh, What's wrong with you people? Uh, so let's end with this. Words of wisdom. Mm. I think you went first last time. You say that every week. I go first this time. You said that last week, no, didn't cause, you? No, because I ended with the globe, remember? Oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure you said that before me, but whatever. You can go first. I don't care. Do you want to go first? No, it's fine. All right. Words of wisdom uh, for today from Pastor Ryan. It is March the 23rd. I would say this. Get a calendar, but not just a calendar. And we talked about birthdays before, right? Remember your birthdays for your significant others. This is get a calendar with holidays. Oh. So you know the holidays coming up because we missed last week mentioning St. Patrick's Day. Oh, did so, we really? So Wednesday was the day before St. Patty's uh, Day. Gee whiz. Uh, and we didn't even talk about it. We didn't even discuss it. We didn't even mention it. Uh, and I, think I, f- you, I think you're talking about Maywin Suck It Day. <laughs> uh, the VeggieTale. Uh, video of yeah, St. Patrick is so good. is awesome. Watch I think you it. posted it. I posted it. Yeah. Um, it's a really good uh thing. But get a get a calendar that has holidays on it, or write the holidays out so that you can understand and know the different holidays, especially uh the Christian holidays that that we celebrate um, around the life and times of Jesus. Mm. All right, are you ready for my words of wisdom? I am. These are going to be real. Usually, I I say something kind of goofy like um, <laughs> vitamins. You I don't did know. Say you have been on a vitamin kick lately. I don't know. It's weird, and I don't even take vitamins regularly. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, this one's serious. This is some wisdom that I gave to a young man uh, just a few days ago, and I'm gonna give it to all of our listeners. Are you ready? Yes. This was specifically in con uh, in the context of like talking about the workplace. Okay. Um, but constantly ask yourself, is there anything that I can do right now that will set myself or others around me up for success later on? Right. So basically be proactive, right? If you have some downtime, use it wisely. Of course, we all need rest. We all need relaxation. We all need to catch up on our favorite TV show or podcast, a local church podcast, (laughs) but, uh, use your time wisely. Be proactive. Get ahead. I like it. That's all. Good job. Thank you. Uh, so with that, that's it. That's it. That was a good, that was a good podcast. Um, we enjoy our time talking, reminiscing about the things of God, mm. the local church. Love God. Love people. Make, Make disciples. disciples.